0: Hey, lovely freaks, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. Or you can head down to the link below and you'll see a um, link that will take you to our social media, like Instagram, Twitter, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. <laughs> okay so as you can see we're on camera um if you can't see us because you're listening to us on spotify or itunes or wherever go ahead and head over to our youtube and we have decided that we're finally going to do this camera stuff as of right now um if we get comments like oh my god you guys are so ugly, ugly. i'm gonna be like okay um, well <laughs> this was fun <laughs> <laughs> that was fun <fine>, okay <laughs> yeah um, somewhere else uh but no yeah we're, we just want to thank you guys We've, we took a break for a while um you know we took two weeks and then y'all knew about that and we did the witch one and then we took another break and um there was sickness my kids yeah. were sick she was sick with an ear infection yeah I actually got another ear an ear infection um is weird so anyways but thank you guys because y'all stuck around and we actually had some more followers on youtube <gasps> Yeah, so that was pretty cool. If you're not following us on YouTube, go ahead and do that. Um, But that's pretty much all I got to say. We're going to get into today's case because it is a long one and uh, a crazy one. So if you saw the, and I'm going to be switching back and forth. I'm not constantly going to be looking at the camera, but I've got notes here and then I've got stuff here I've got to do. So anyways, um, I'm going to try not to look at the camera all the time. Or try to look at the camera more. Whatever. You know what I was going to say. Um, so, anywho. This is our setup for now. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. You think it's cool. Um, let us know if you think we can do anything different. Yada, yada. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Get into so, it. today's case is about Josh Powell and Susan Powell. Have you heard this before? I've never heard that. I don't think so.
1: I mean, I saw I mean, the pictures and yeah, I didn't really see yeah. anything.
0: So... Um, it's a pretty, like, a lot, I think a lot of people know this case, um, if you do, maybe there's some things that you can hear today that you didn't really know, but it's a pretty high, high profile case. This happened in 2009? Yes, 2009. Um, so yeah, Josh and Susan Powell, they had two kids, Charlie and Brayden, um,
1: little bats on is that a bat
0: on, and a pumpkin on their face, that's adorable yeah. <laughs> yeah on their face they're super cute um and that's susan and yeah that's that's josh um <laughs> so cute that's josh that's josh yeah so as you can guess this probably has to do with like a father wife kids situation um she actually goes missing and yeah we'll just get into it so Josh and Susan got married April 6 2001 they had only dated for like a couple of months before they got engaged like two or three months before they got engaged um Susan was young she was like 19 Josh was in his 20s so they were both pretty young I think he was like 23 maybe Uh, but Susan's family didn't like Josh like right off the bat they just got like bad vibes and you know you should always yeah. listen to your parents when they say they get bad vibes from somebody they met at like a church function um she is was is, is mormon was mormon and he was also raised mormon but there's a lot behind that and we'll get into that so he was pretty loving and sweet and all that at first and she just fell head over heels in love with him that's a cat tail yep. the, the cats hi <laughs> he came over and, he, and something like pushed against my hand and i was like hmm. that's my cat um if he comes in front whatever so anyways um Let me grab susan him. come here oh you're gonna grab him <laughs> okay we paused to get the cat so susan grew up in a pretty normal household she moved around a lot as a kid um her dad they, her family they were all mormon and she was one of four girls and they had a really normal childhood i mean um she went to school cosmetology school and that's pretty much what she did she made really good money though um in cosmetology school i mean when she when cosmetology when she got out of cosmetology school she made really good money and that'll come into play a little bit later too as well so nothing really about susan let's talk about josh because that is crazy um josh's family was completely different he uh, was from washington his dad's name is steve and his mom's name is terry he's one of five siblings jennifer graves is his oldest sister and that person will be important um the rest of his brothers and sisters are not really important to the story but jennifer is because she actually wrote a book about everything that happened and it's a really good book and um she was kind of on Susan's side because she knew how Josh was and she knew how they were raised and everything like that. So, um, and when they met, this is Susan and Josh when they met, um, you know, like I said, everything was all hunky-dory. And later on, Susan and um, Jennifer become really close. So back to Josh, he grew up as like he grew up, Josh, uh, Steve and Terry they got married pretty young. Josh's parents, and like I said, they were Mormon. morming, Mormon. Mormon? I'll get it in a minute. Yeah, they were Mormon, but later on, they actually. Um, well, she, Terry didn't. His mom didn't, but uh, Steve did. He renounced the Mormon faith mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so in the beginning of their marriage. Everything was fine, but eventually Steve started becoming obsessed with porn to the point where he would go to so this is back like you know in the nineties yeah, so he or eighties i don't know, so he would go to um adult bookstores and like masturbate like in the adult bookstores, like just you know. Wow. In the, in the aisles, in the which aisle. I'm pretty sure wow. is illegal. But, um, <laughs> that is. Yeah. So he also would, um, Steve didn't see anything wrong with having porn magazines in the kids' rooms. Like seven-year-olds, you know, all the kids have porn magazines in their rooms. That's a problem. Terry, the mom, <laughs> she actually found the porn magazines and she like confronted him about it. Cause she was like, this is not right. Um, she uh, Steve also kept a diary, Josh's dad, keep that in mind this is josh's dad we're talking about he kept a diary of sexual fantasies that he had of people around town so people like neighbors and stuff like women that he would see he would like write down these sexual fantasies that he had about them yeah so josh and his brother started picking up the dad's bad habits they were kind of um addicted to pornography they were screaming at their mom they were you know um mad at her and just pushing her shoving her all kinds of different stuff i think josh even like threatened her with a knife at one point so terry finally files for divorce she's had enough after their last um daughter is born and she wants to get custody of the kids jennifer the oldest jennifer Graves. And I've mentioned her, I think we have a picture of her. That's not Jennifer. That's Jennifer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Jennifer actually, yeah she actually went with her mom, like, willingly. She was old mm-hmm. enough, and she was like, I'm going to go live with mom. Fuck these people, I don't like them. So she went with live with mom, and they were going through a custody battle over the youngest ones, uh, because Josh and his other brother, can't think of his name right now, they wanted to stay with dad, because dad's cool, dad gives us porn mags, and we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So whilst in the middle of a custody battle, the youngest girl would tell her mother that the brothers examined her one time with her panties off, Terry even found out that the kids would sit in the living room and have family movie night, which involved watching porn. Yeah. Like, we're all going to sit in the living room together. I think
1: I've seen a documentary of this. Probably. Yeah. Like, did she sit in his lap and, like, they were watching porn? Would she sit in her dad's lap? Oh, I don't know about that.
0: I think I I know what documentary you're talking about. It's not the same one. No. I know what you're talking about, but no. So, anyways, just a lot of crazy crap. He also, like Steve, also came out at this time and said he hated the Mormon community. So the two youngest kids were forced to also share a bed with Steve. There wasn't any. There's never been any talk that they were sexually molested by him. But later on, you will find out that Steve, actually Josh's dad, um, he goes go to jail for like child pornography and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. almost positive he's a pedophile. Um, Yeah, 100%. So, Terry wins custody eventually, though, obviously. And the oldest daughter and the youngest go live with her. And then Josh and his brother stay with Dad. And they don't, you know, they don't have any rules and the whole porn thing and all that. So, basically, as you can see, Josh is going to be, like, addicted to pornography and things like that. Um... So this is Steve, Josh's dad. Um, this is him. Hold he on, looks I'll like show you. Sh- there, I'll take us off. Yeah. But this is him uh, when he got arrested later on for the he pornography looks like a creeper. and all that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it gets worse. Just wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's go back to this. So anywho, um, let's jump back to Josh and Susan. So they got married. They moved to Utah. Before they moved to Utah, though, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. They lived with Josh's dad. So when they lived with Josh's dad, they actually didn't have a bedroom. They just kind of lived in the living room and they had like a sheet up. And so everything kind of started off normal. Susan didn't really want to live there because Josh's brother lived there. And I cannot think of his name. But he was a psycho, but I think. Um, <laughs> because in his room, which everybody just called it art. But in his room, he had like nude pictures of women with, like, knives through their bodies and stuff like that. That's not art. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was really, really creepy. Um, He had all kinds of stuff. So, so, anywho, she doesn't like him to begin with, and so she's just kind of – they're just kind of living there until Josh can, like, get on his feet or they can get on their feet and buy their own house. So this is before they move to Utah. Well, eventually – Susan starts to realize that uh, Steve is following her around like he he started off kind of subtle he would like come into the room when she was undressing and like just stand there and she thought okay maybe he just like sees me you know but like what's you know kind of like what's going on type situation Mm -hmm. maybe they make eye contact and maybe he's just like freaked out but then (laughs) come to find out later on she doesn't know this but later on and then The police find out. Um, Steve has tapes of Susan doing all sorts of things. He would follow her to work. He would tape, like, video record her undressing, shopping, using the bathroom, even inserting a tampon. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, he would, like, peek around the corner while she was, like, in the bathroom or something. Or he would... I don't really know how he would get those videos, but... Probably,
1: like, a camera... In the commode?
0: It could be, yeah. Or like but. somewhere where she didn't know. Um, or like in a corner or something. Yeah. So eventually they leave because Steve actually confesses his love for Susan. And she was like, Your dad just confessed his love for me. We got to go. And so yeah, that's, that's really what happens. So they moved to Utah. Susan was excited. Like I said, she loved the fact that she was going to become a mom and a wife. And she loved. Uh, Josh because at first you know he was loving and and sweet and all that so that's when they had Charlie and Brayden after a couple of years Josh started to become a totally different person he wasn't very physically abusive there was some altercations where they did um hold on trying to get to the picture where is it there it is there was altercations where they did have um like shoving matches and things like that but he never physically punched her hit her or anything like that but he was very mentally abusive and very controlling um he controlled every aspect of their lives so she was the breadwinner like josh didn't work he said that he was always starting a business is what he would say oh i'm starting a business oh you know i'm i'm I've got all these computers and I have to buy all this stuff because I'm starting a business, but the business would like never start. Uh, so she was the breadwinner and she was a cosmetologist. So she's doing hair. She made good money enough for them to afford a three bedroom home, but he would not give her access to anything. So she had to bike to work. Couldn't dead be dead ass. She had to bike to work because he wouldn't let her have the car. Cause they only yeah. had one car. Um, I'm making the money. Shut sh- up. Sit exac- down. Exactly. <laughs> so he also um, would he, he would tell Susan, like, you can't uh, – oh, the kids, they would go to daycare, and they would have one meal at daycare, and he would tell her that's enough for them.
1: They huh. only need one meal.
0: I would not. Yeah. That would not be – So he was like, no, they only need one meal. It's fine. They don't need two meals. Um he also like birthdays, Christmas, anything like that that the kids had, he would not let them get toys or anything. Um, one time, he even made them split like a hot dog. Like they were hungry, it was dinner time, oh my God. and he made the boys split a hot dog. The youngest one, I do believe, was malnourished. Um, he was like a year old, and he was way underweight. And she would buy like supplements and stuff like that for him. Mm-hmm. He also would give her a budget of only $20 a week to go to the grocery store. Which to if go you, to the grocery yes. store? So, this was obviously in the early 2000s, but yeah. still, like, $20 a week. That We're not talking, yeah. like, the 50s and 60s. Like, this wouldn't buy you hardly anything. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, she's got kids that she has to buy diapers for and... Um, formula, things like that. Yeah. So, Susan got resourceful. She started making her own bread. She started um, doing a garden. She did, like, a vegetable garden, so that way they can have vegetables to cook and things like that. Neighbors also knew about all this because... I'm trying not to sneeze. Whoo. <laughs> Neighbors also knew about this because she would call them and she would be like, hey, so, is it okay? Like, can I borrow, like, a package of hot dogs? Aww, or, like, could so I borrow, sad. like... because she said it got to the point like she would write in her diaries it got to the point where she was talking about like the only protein that he'll let us have is hot dogs so i'm trying to like disguise it in things for the kids Mm because they're tired of eating hot dogs meanwhile steven i'm steven sorry josh he would spend money on anything he wanted he had 15 computers don't ask me why he also yeah 15 computers he also had motorcycle, exercise bikes, tools that he never used, like saws and all this other stuff, remote control cars, etc. Um, there was a, there's actually a video because Susan was told by her lawyers when she decided she wanted to try to do the divorce thing, and she eventually does, and we'll talk about that. But there was a video, and you can find it online, where she is recording um, all the things in the house, like that he has, and saying like, you know this, this and that. Like this is all his stuff, you know, and showing everything. Like just to show in court and everything. How controlling he is and everything. So she even learned how to make baby food, which I thought was kinda cool, especially for like people make baby food all the time now, but like that was like a new thing. So um he eventually started turning the boys against Susan as well. Like he would say do you want to go to church with mommy? Like church is so boring. Or do you want to stay here with daddy and we'll go get ice cream or something Mm -hmm. like that. So he was like trying to manipulate them to like him more. And when the boys would say, yes, I want ice cream. Like he'd be like, okay, well Mm -hmm. see, they love me more. So he also, the only thing he would spend money on besides shit for himself Mm -hmm. was also, he took out a $1 million life insurance policy on each of them, Like, himself and Susan. And he also took out a quarter of a million on the kids, which is a shit ton of money. Like, I don't even know what the premium on that is. It's got to be, like, way up there. Like, we're talking thousands of dollars each month to yeah. for these life insurance policies. So, that's kind of sus because, like, why are you taking so much life insurance out on you and, you know, everybody in your family? Keep that in mind. He would tell the, um... Boys also like, you know, aside from the whole religious thing, like he would try to turn them away from religion because eventually Josh did turn away from his religion as well, kinda like his dad. Susan and Josh's sex life was non existent, as you can imagine. People kept telling Susan, You need to file for a divorce, you need to leave yeah. him, you're depressed, it's, you're miserable. It's time. Josh would threaten her though and say that if you ever left me, you would get the kids over my dead body. Hmm he would also tell her like he had this instilled in her brain that for some reason if she left he was gonna get custody which no sir you're not wouldn't have because you know she has she would have tons of evidence that you were abusive and uh but he just had instilled that in her brain for some reason now jennifer like i said was always on her side even one time i believe um she pushed Josh, Susan did, because they got into, like, an argument. And Jennifer told her. She was like, don't do that. She was like, don't push my brother, not because, you know, he's my brother, but because you're going to provoke him to do something, like, bad. And, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, in 2008, Susan called a divorce attorney. And because she did decided, like, okay i'm gonna see if things get better on our seventh wedding anniversary if things are not better then i'm gonna call a divorce attorney josh would confide in his dad steve and steve began to journal like like a weirdo um he he began to i lost my spot journal oh there it is yeah he began to write down like all the things that josh would tell him about their relationship which actually came in handy later but uh yeah it was kind of weird at first he he keeps like a journal steve does like his dad yeah it's really weird i mean i I, I kept last time i kept a journal i was in like high school so
1: (laughs) i don't know he's like a grown-ass man it's not that it's just the way that his
0: dad used a journal so like
1: kind of concerning
0: yeah so steve actually told i mean uh, josh actually told his dad steve that he hated susan so much and he wished that they would have never gotten married or they would have divorced earlier or whatever to the point where he would have like uh not hallucinations but he would have like daydreams about the police like coming to the house and being like yeah she got hit by a drunk driver and he would be like yay she's gone like, that's to the just point. Just divorce, sweetheart. Yeah, like, just divorce her. I don't understand Literally it. Really, just divorce and But call he it can't a day. because he doesn't have a good enough job. He eventually gets a job. He becomes, like, a computer programmer. But, I mean, she's making more money than him. So, like I said, in 2008, she calls a divorce attorney. And this is when they tell her about the video camera. You need to document everything. She would write emails to friends and family members, even her lawyers, saying that... Uh, They were having extreme intense fights, and Josh is being irrational. Susan tried so hard to make Josh love her. She would go on diets to try to be slimmer because he would tell her all the time that she was fat and, you know, she was unattractive. So she Mm -hmm. would work out. She would do all these things to try to love him. She would help him clean up his office. She would try to cuddle, hold hands, etc., and nothing ever worked. He refused to, like, even touch her. Mm -hmm. She kept being hopeful that Josh would get better because he actually did agree to counseling, but he didn't take it seriously, and he, like, never went. Josh would also spy on Susan's cell phone calls, or phone calls, like somebody would call her on the house phone, like her friends or whatever. Ah. And so Ah. it got to the point where her dad was like, you need a cell phone because you're an adult and you have kids, so you need to have a cell phone, and Josh would never let her have one. So Mm -hmm. he bought her a phone, and that's where she would, like, call her friends and she would call the family and be, and like tell them everything so December 6 2009 Susan had a friend over that night to help with like knitting stuff and they were playing with the boys Josh actually cooked dinner that night which was really weird because he never never does and Susan felt ill so she went to go lay down I think she had like an ear infection or something like that when her friend went to the kitchen to talk to Josh and, like, help him clean up with dishes and everything, um, she actually he, – he told her that he was going to take the boys sledding. This was at, like, 4 o'clock-ish. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to take the boys sledding tonight, which she thought was weird because it's nighttime it's in Utah. In it's yeah. winter. But, okay. And these are a four-year-old and a two-year-old, by the way. (laughs) So she decided, okay, that's my cue to, like, leave. I guess he's kind of subtly telling me, like, get out of the house. Mm -hmm. So Susan was asleep anyway, so she decided to leave. So this brings us to December seventh, two 2009. The daycare worker that Susan and Josh um, would take their kids to, she decided to call Susan and Josh because... The boys had not made it there yet, and it was really weird of them. Susan would always, always call her. She actually had a daycare like out of her home, and they were really close to to her, uh, uh, Susan was. So she would call her and be like, hey, the kids are not coming in. They don't feel well, blah, blah, blah. No phone call this morning. Um, so she called Josh's phone. She called Susan's phone. She got no answer. So then she called the emergency contact on there, which was Jennifer, Josh's sister. Jennifer told um, heard like we haven't heard from them, what's going on, like we don't know. And then she told her mom and her mom immediately called the police. Terry, yeah. remember the mom. Which is Josh's mom, but she neither Terry nor Jennifer, I don't think, really liked Josh and Understandably. You know. So it's a dick. Yeah. So the police went to the home immediately and with the permission of the family they busted through a window when the police got into the home, there was no sign of anyone. However, they did notice there were two huge box fans pointing towards the couch, almost like something was having to be dried off. Really suspicious. And then they also found Susan's purse laying on the bed, um, unbothered and unopened. So after 18 hours of family and friends like trying to get a hold of somebody, they finally got a hold of Josh on his cell phone. He tells them that he was camping... Over in West Valley, he said that he took the boys last night and they went camping. Mm-hmm. Susan should be at work. She isn't with me and the boys. I don't know where she is. So, he calls. So, he's calling, like, the detective. Like, the or the detective is calling him. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm, I'm just it on that picture. So, the detective is calling him and he's like, okay, well you need to get home the lead detective was ellis maxwell we're gonna call him maxwell so he's like you need to get home we don't know where your wife is you obviously don't know where she is so get home okay so josh calls her cell phone meanwhile the cell phone is right beside him in the truck we figure that out later josh calls her cell phone and he's like hey babe where are you like you're not at work you're supposed to be at work like people are looking for you yada yada so then the detective calls him back because it's taking some time and he's like where are you you need to get home he said well i gotta stop and pick up the boys some food um we'll be home after that he was like okay well after you stop get your kids food immediately come well, he doesn't immediately go to the house. After he picks up the kid's food, he goes to Susan's work. Keep in mind, they know that Susan's not at work. He knows Susan's not at work because yeah, the police have told him this. Literally and so he, he goes to Susan's work and everything. this is what he does. He calls her cell phone. Obviously, there's no answer. He leaves a voicemail and says, hey, I'm outside your work waiting on you. I'm here to pick you up. Where are you? But... Bitch, sh- you know she's not at work. Exactly. Like, what are you trying to do? If you're He's trying s- to, like... Cover your tracks. Cover your tracks. You're well, not doing fuck? a
1: good job.
0: Yeah. So, when Josh finally arrives home, Maxwell the detective takes him downtown to- for questioning. Mm-hmm. Josh tells them that he saw Susan at midnight that night before. So, the 6th. He t- he told them that he took the boys sledding around 5 o'clock. They came back. They watched a Christmas movie then at midnight midnight he takes a four-year-old and a two-year-old out in a winter storm in 18 degree weather to go camping because they said that they wanted s'mores that's really weird yeah
1: no they
0: said they wanted s'mores so he took them out to go camping just for the one night when he also said that because it was they were like well it was a sunday you had work the next day you have work on monday and he was like i thought it was saturday like, I didn't realize the next day was Monday. I was wrong on my days. Okay. Okay. Sure. So, <laughs> it's just crazy. So, Josh uh, just kept telling them, I don't know where Susan is. Because the Maxwell, the lead detective, was like, where could she be? Like, just where are places you think she could be? And he was like, I mean, if she's not at work, I have no idea. Like, that was that. He was like, I have no idea where she is. So, he... Um, so the next morning he was told like he that night he was told okay we'll come back tomorrow because it was late and they were just going to do a full interview tomorrow so uh, the neighbors noticed that the next morning instead of josh going to his interview he was actually cleaning the house and cleaning out his car intensely his mom and jennifer showed up to to his house sorry i yeah. said lots of evidence his mom and jennifer showed up to the house and they were like hey come on you got to go to the police station like they're yeah. waiting on you to do your thing so josh shows up late like five hours late the detectives are like pissed off already and the lead detective Mas- maxwell was like did you know that susan's phone was in your car or did you know you had susan's phone and josh said oh i didn't know that i had her phone I I, I guess yeah. I guess I have her phone. I didn't. But you've
1: literally been texting her and calling her, calling her. Like the evidence is there, sweetheart. Yeah, you're done for. So
0: then the detective was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to try to like go a different route with this because he obviously is uninterested in where his wife is at." So the lead detective Maxwell, he was like, "Okay, well, why do you think your wife left?" Like maybe she was depressed or suicidal, and he was, and Josh, like, flew all over that. He was like, oh, yeah, she was. She was suicidal and depressed, and it was probably partially my fault because I am kind of not the best husband in the world, and we've been wanting to get a divorce, Mm -hmm. so I guess she left because of that. So he flew all over that because he was like, yeah, that's a great alibi for me to say. Like, she's left her family and fled the country because she doesn't love me. So, the police told him after they did the interview, they got absolutely nowhere. They told him, okay, well, we're going to go get your car and we're doing like a forensic test on your car and your home. So, you can chill here at the station until we get done. You would think that Josh would chill at the station, but he did not. He actually called a taxi. He took a taxi to the airport, rented a van, to which the van he rented ended up... Uh, after they found out he rented this van and all that, and they yeah. got the stuff. He took this van 800 miles in 20 hours. We don't know where he went okay. in the 800 miles. Oh, I bet he was dumping it off the body. And no one knows where he went. No one knows what happened. Also, th- later on, they, co- like, piece all this together. Yeah. Uh, Steve was, during this time... Oh, that, Steve! <laughs> yeah, his dad, Steve... Mm-hmm he actually was unaccounted for for the same time as Josh was unaccounted for on where he took the van for 20 hours. So the police even interviewed Steve. Of course they did. And Steve, what do you think he said? Oh, well, he said that him and his uh, daughter-in-law, I was about to say Mm -hmm. mother-in-law, daughter-in-law's relationship was probably what led her to leave. So he painted her out to be like this person that's the same (laughs) whatever.
1: Continue. What? That's the same thing that he's the guy said, right? Or is
0: he he's saying because she and Steve Yeah, remember Steve is Josh's dad. Dad. And Steve is like infatuated with Susan. And he thinks that they have a relationship, which they oh. absolutely do not. So but he's he making it think that they did have yes. a relationship? and he was trying to make it seem like there was this sexual tension between them, and she just couldn't handle it anymore, and so she left. Mm. Okay, Steve. Okay. So, <laughs> anyways, um, eventually they find a key that Susan had. I believe it was in her purse or something like that. She had locked this key away like nobody knew it, knew about it. She actually had a safety deposit box in a bank. And so they went to the safety deposit box. They went to the bank. And inside, she wrote a letter. It said, quote, For the family and friends of Susan, all except Josh Powell, the husband I do not trust. She also wrote about how she was scared for her and her kids' safety at times. And she said, quote, If I die, it may not have been an accident. Even if it looks like one. Yep. You're going to jail. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of evidence, so, fr- so friends even told police that Josh had been into forensic TV shows. And he had said to friends, quote, If I ever had to get rid of a body, I would put it somewhere where absolutely no one would find it. Like a mine or something like that. The police seized all 15 of his computers and aside from finding all kinds of shit on them, they also found Google searches where Josh had searched for mines in the area near him. So, that's suspicious. They did eventually go to these mines that he was searching er, er, on Google and they didn't find Susan, unfortunately. But that was like a place where he could dump a body. The day after Susan's disappearance, Michael, Josh's almost like littlest brother yeah um he's not the youngest but he came to utah with one of their sisters and we don't know why he came they said that they were just coming to like visit josh so when they were traveling back home their van broke down keep in mind this is the day after she disappears excuse me the day after she disappears their van breaks down on the way back home and it's instead of sorry i have hiccups instead of calling like a tow truck and being like hey i need my car fixed they call an impound place and they want them to come get it and trash it for scrap metal yeah that's suspicious yeah so the police find out about this and they travel to where this place is the salvage yard and they take cadaver dogs and what do you know they get a body decomposition hit unfortunately after they do forensic testing there's not enough evidence or any evidence at all for them to link susan to that van so it's kind of like a dead end Mm -hmm. um this case is full of that i mean there's some things that i think the police could have done a little bit better and there's also like things that they couldn't have done because there was so much there's so many different things like evidence that they try to get and then it's not there or something like that you know so they have to have evidence strong evidence in order to arrest him they can't just go off of like suspicion you know um jennifer josh's sister let me go back to her so we remember her um uh she knew something was wrong and so she eventually told the police she was like i'm gonna wear a wire she's a bad bitch she was like i'm gonna wear a wire i'm gonna go talk to my brother and i'm gonna go talk to my dad and we're gonna like nip the shit in the bud. I really like her. Yeah. So Josh at this point had actually um, was living with his dad because he didn't want to live in the house anymore or whatever. So she was sorry, no. your foot playing <laughs> pussy. So um, she goes over there, she has dinner and she asked Josh, she when they had she had her had him alone, she was like, Hey, so what happened to Susan? Like, I just want to know. Like, you're my brother. Just tell me what happened to her. And Josh said, I can't tell you anything. My attorney told me that I'm not to answer any <sighs> questions. He Beach then takes Bay. the boys and leaves. Mm. Josh eventually has to move in with his dad, like I said. And during this time was when Steve and Josh decided that they would go on this campaign smear against Susan's name. Even the press, Stephen was t- <laughs> Steven would go to the press and he would tell them that, uh, what was it? He told them that they had like this sexual, um, encounter. Oh, and God. this is Steve, this, of course. No, sweetheart. You're so <laughs> terrible looking. Yeah. He would tell them that they had like a sexual encounter and, like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, she was just a whore, basically. Like, and she, and she ran off with a man. they even tried to make it sound there was another missing man uh in the same kind of area, and they tried to make it a total different a total random stranger. but mm-hmm. they tried to say that Susan ran off with this guy, and that's and she's with that guy this random stranger mm-hmm. so anywho um no one believed this by the way even people would cover josh and susan's old house with posters of her like um you know missing person posters things flyers like we miss you we love you they would tie uh, purple ribbons because i think that was her favorite color they would tie them to the house like just covered their house with all kinds of different stuff Mm -hmm. and the police finally decided to get a search warrant for steve's house this is when they find all the things that Steve has on Susan. Not only were there video recordings of her, the police also found bags labeled Susan, like little sandwich baggies and Ziploc bags. Mm-hmm. In these bags, hold on to your ass because this is intense, there were things like toenail clippings of Susan's, used tampons of Susan's, uh, cotton swabs that she would use to, like, take her fingernail polish off That's and, like, clean her fingernails. Creepy. Cotton swabs that she would use like in her ears and stuff like that. Yeah. There was hair of hers, etc There was tons of stuff. There were over fifteen hundred pictures oh my God. of Susan. Um so of course this like this dude's arrested. Like they arrest the shit out of him. Yeah. Um they also found child pornography on his computer as well. Mm-hmm. So Steve Steve's arrested. The Children's Protective Services come and take custody of the kids. Finally. You know, it took them long enough. And they give um, Susan's mom and dad custody of the kids. The kids at this point have been, like, totally just, they're like, they're not feral, but they are, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, they need, like, anger management. Ah. And they need, like. Stability, I guess you Stop. could say. So they're just kind of like fighting each other. They're like fighting the the grandparents, like you know. And they're they're still young. They're like seven and, uh, gosh, seven and four or five, something like that. So yeah, I mean they're still still young. So one of the boys was eventually evaluated by a psychologist, and he said, "Mommy's missing, but we aren't allowed to talk about that or about camping." The boys even said mommy went camping with them and mommy's in the trunk. There you go. There's the evidence right there. So on Josh's computer, they also found child pornography. Unfortunately, they could not arrest him for this because the child pornography that they found was cartoon child pornography. Oh, whatever. So you can't arrest. Still child porn. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you couldn't arrest somebody because of if it was a cartoon i guess because it's not an actual child but still like come on yeah, i mean that needs to be a law yeah. because obviously you're into child pornography of some that sort means that you're going to be into a pedophile. children like exactly a pedophile, <laughs> like, like yeah. connect the dots so um after this they decide that they want to give josh a polygraph test and a psycho sex evaluation to see if he's, like, overly sexual and has a problem with it and stuff like that. Which, obviously, yes. he does. Yes. <sighs> Unfortunately, before he gets to take the test or anything like that, something tragic happens. February 5th, 2012, a social worker went to the, the house that Josh was, like, um, renting because it was close to his dad's house, but he wasn't in his dad's house. So he goes she um she goes to the house well i'm not gonna show that picture yet so she goes to the house and she gets out of the car the kids go ahead and run up to the door she's like four steps behind them and the kids get into the door and josh sees her makes eye contact with her and slams the door and locks it and she's like oh shit she's like hey let me in like what are you doing when he shut the door in her face she could smell the smell of gasoline so she freaks out she calls 911 this 911 dispatcher you can hear this audio on uh youtube if you want to we i thought about doing it but it was a whole thing so anyways the 911 dispatcher is a dumbass and I hope he got fired after this because he does the most ridiculous, he asked the most ridiculous questions. First, he's like, I need the address. Understandable. But she had just, this is the first time. So apparently they were having visits at the center, like where you go, like supervised visitations, like mm-hmm. the center that they were at, mm-hmm. um, social work, social services or whatever. But there was so much immediate attention that other people that were there to like see their kids, they were kind of like, I can't, like the media frenzy is like intense Mm -hmm. i i can't even see my kids so they were like okay we'll do it as house so this is the first time she had ever been there so she didn't really remember the address because she used gps she asked the 911 dispatcher in the in the call like is there any way you can like gps my phone like i'm trying to find she's flipping through pages she's like i'm trying to find it she's like i can hear screaming i can hear the kids screaming i smell gasoline i need police officers here now so she finally gets the um the the Address. Okay. She she gives it to him, and he was like, "Well, where are the kids?" And he and she's like, "They're in the house with Josh. Who's Josh? Their dad. These are supervised visitations." He shut the door in my face, and he was like, "Well, what is? Oh, uh, he kept asking who was Josh, and she was like, "This is a high-profile case. Like, get like get someone. This Let's is go. a high-profile case. Like it's all over the news. I know you have to know what I'm talking about." So eventually. The dispatcher tells her, we're going to send somebody out there, but they have to respond to high-level threat calls first. And she was like, this is a high-level threat. I have no idea what he's doing to those kids in there. So, she decides to move her car so that way, when the police get there, they have quick access to the house. So, she moves it onto the street. So, as she's pulling out of the driveway, she parks her car onto the street. She feels a whoosh. And she turns around and looks, and the house is up in flames. Are you serious? I'm serious. Um, So, hold on, let me move our faces here. So, unfortunately, um, not only is the house up in flames, but also, obviously, they're all dead. Yeah. So, what happened was... Um, when the boys came into the they figured this out later through forensic evidence mm. and like um what's their name DNA? No. I don't know. Oh my gosh. And that is the word that I'm words searching for. As, you are. <laughs> as worse as I am. Um, the autopsy. That's what I was looking for. So on the autopsy, they find out that what had happened was the boys had what looked like hatchet marks on their neck and one of the boys had their arm completely cut off Mm. um they also found the boys on a mattress in the middle of the floor holding hands not sure if they were holding hands like if he did that or if they held hands but um there was also um in their lungs there was also gasoline and there was also they had they figured out through the um Autopsy mm-hmm. that they had actually died of smoke inhalation. So that means that after alive. Josh hit them, they were still alive whenever he, yeah. you know, set mm-hmm. them and him on fire.
1: Man, I'm so... I'm pissed off <sighs> at the operator, honestly. If he would have yeah. worked a little faster, if he I'm sure gonna, there okay, would have been a cop like,
0: somewhere in the vicinity of that exactly. house. I mean, it's, you know... So, yeah. Um, unfortunately that no. is the end of that story um whoa really yeah they uh, haven't found the body of the woman no so steve like i said the dad he went to prison um he also was released for child pornography he also was released in 2007 oh but like God. right after 2017 excuse me but like right oh. after he was released he had a heart attack when he got to like oh, thank his halfway God. house <laughs> good i hope but, he did The cops were on their way to, like, go to this house because they knew that he was having a heart attack, and they were like, shit, we need to get there, like, quick because we want to ask him questions before he passes away. So, unfortunately, they didn't make it. But Mm. they found Steve's journal, and in his journal, he wrote December 8th, which was the day after Susan went missing.
1: Mm.
0: It said, quote, I feel like Josh did a very stupid thing and probably disposed of her body in a truly gruesome way grotesque way i think he probably went to some former industrial land just west or west valley city and cremated her her life with his life with susan was utterly awful josh wanted to do it this way to avoid a messy costly divorce i I literally can't like do not Kill someone. Just divorce them. Period. Yeah, I don't understand it. Like it wouldn't have been. Do you that think it's going to be cleaner or better if you kill them? Like, <laughs> would have been that about? costly if you both just would have agreed? Like, yeah, we suck at this. So, yeah. I'm going to go my way. You go your way. I'll see the kids when I see them. Like, probably because he knew that he would never see them because he was a douchebag who was awful. He probably knew that he would never see his kids again. Yeah. Yeah, but still, like. So, yeah, unfortunately, that is the end of this case. We have no idea what happened to Susan. We have no idea where her body is. Obviously, maybe if Steve was writing what he knew was a fact, Mm -hmm. then I guess Josh cremated her. That would explain why they never found her body in any place that they searched where he had Googled. Um, So, yeah, it's just really sad. And like I said, he killed himself in the end and his two boys. Mm -hmm. And that's just it's heartbreaking to think that that's the last thing that they like they were they didn't even want to go to their dads that day like that's what pisses me off these kids the mom uh, the um the grandparents susan's mom and dad they didn't want them to go the boys didn't want to go they weren't excited about it they had kind of gotten into like a stable situation and so they kind of knew like dad was a crazy psychopath mm-hmm. and so they didn't want to go and the social worker the social workers and everything they like we're like well he he has a right to see them blah 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 that's yeah. a whole nother situation that pisses me off if kids yeah. don't want to go see somebody they shouldn't be no. made to then don't go um, to like literally be like well the child doesn't want to see you, so it's not gonna happen have somebody that you think may have murdered their wife like exactly. okay i think you know let's listen to the kids on this one um but the social worker it she was fairly new i don't know if this had been her first time or second time working on this case and so she felt absolutely awful like but, she blamed herself afterwards and it's not her fault no it's not her fault at all but she did she blamed herself afterwards mm-hmm. um and i can't even imagine like i would be so pissed off at that 911 mm-hmm. operator too i i hope that person i hope they lost their job um <laughs> yeah. but yeah so that that's the story. Unfortunately, it was not. I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be a happy ending. Was, we knew Susan was probably. I was dead. not expecting the chill,
1: like him to do that. Like I was, I was like, okay, yeah. the wife's going to die. The murder.
0: Like, Sorry. Oh, the murder suicide uh, thing. But that is just. Yeah, that one took me mm. for a loop when I heard the end of that. I was like, what? Mm. I was. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. a shocker. Um, but yeah,
1: that's that's it. Wow, that was sad. Yeah, and we didn't have any kind of justice. <laughs>
0: I'm not laughing at, like, I'm laughing at the fact that you're, like, you're pissed off. You're yeah. like, I am i don't even want to do this anymore. Like, this sucks. No, no justice at all. Just nothing. Yeah. It, it really does. Um, I told you this one was long and it was going to be a doozy. You didn't believe me. Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm, a, I felt like it was a movie. Yeah. Like, it's a twist ending. And then There's I'm in the movie theater, like,
0: I'm going to get up and
1: leave and be like, that was a fucking awful movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hated that ending. Well... Yeah, I mean, it, and it's just like, I don't understand. Excuse me. Oh, you guys see my cup? Oh, you can't because there's a green screen, but it's Baby oh, Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's green. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And the fact that he, like, my dude, you could have just, you could have just left. And he, he didn't want to take a polygraph test. That was the thing. Like, he knew he wasn't going to pass that shit. And he knew he was going to go to prison. So, he wanted... Oh, he did call some friends and family. He did not tell them that the boys were with him. But he did call, like, friends and family only voicemails like, goodbye, you know, love you guys, whatever. But then no one knew that the boys were there. So, yeah.
1: I'd be pissed off if I
0: was a cousin. Oh, yeah. Um... So that's the end of the Josh and Susan Powell case. Um, I'm depressed. Yeah. So hopefully you guys didn't enjoy this episode, but you got something, some information Information. out of it. Um, One of the things I do want to say though, to anyone out there that thinks that they can't get out of an abusive situation or controlling situation or whatever, just remember that you can. I think Susan never left because of her um, religion because she did you know she was a mormon very devout mormon and she said you know that's not something that we believe in because even her friends were like even her friends in the mormon community like in the mormon church were like girl you got to get out of there yeah and she had enough money to leave she was making all the money so she could have very well left but i think it was her religion that kept her but even if you're in a situation where you have religious values just always remember that there's a re like it's a touchy subject because people always are like well i'm religious and I, I we don't believe in divorce but at some point no. i'm pretty sure god or whoever you believe in exactly. wants you to get out of an abusive situation yeah. so don't think that someone in the church is going to look down on you and if someone does by the way because we've had like in we're considered baptist i guess in the baptist community we've had like preachers that wives cheat on them and they get kicked out of the church because their wives cheated on Like, what the fuck? I think that's My wife good. cheated on me. Like, what do you I want me to do? I think that's ridiculous. Like, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. So, anywho, I just want to throw that out there. If you are in an abusive situation, please seek help or seek someone to, to get you out of it. And... Not everybody's that lucky. I do understand that. I understand that there are some women that are so secluded from their family, their friends. They don't have money. They don't have jobs. They don't have any way to get out. But, um, you know, try to seek help from someone um, because something like this can happen. We see this all the time in these cases where everything looks perfect on the outside, but on the inside, you know, it's terrible. And then the husbands or wives, we've had some wives that have ended up killing their husbands, um... They just, you know, snap. Yeah.
1: And or don't be that person who is like, well, why didn't they just leave? Like, you know, like in this case, like a case like this, you don't know what they've been through. And sometimes I yeah. just feel stuck.
0: Yeah. And she- don't
1: don't just be like, well, why haven't you left? Like, uh, it's your fault because you haven't left. Like, you should have le- left a long time ago. Oh, you open. People talking about Susan, yeah.
0: like, should have left. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, she struggled with it. Like, I've had people
1: who've literally been like, well, it's her fault she didn't leave. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. Well, and she struggled with it, and she was going to leave. And I think that's what Josh knew. I feel like he knew he had to have figured out some, he either saw a video, he might have saw the video that she did, or he might have overheard a
1: call or or
0: something. Um, Because she actually, she tried to hide the video as much as possible. She actually gave it to a neighbor and told her to keep it. Um, and then, so she tried to cover her tracks as much as possible. Cause she wasn't going to tell him about the divorce until like she was leaving. Um, cause she figured something bad would happen. So anyways, just want to throw that out there. So if you guys enjoyed this video, um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever, make sure to go watch our video on YouTube. Because we're gonna be up there now. So if you enjoyed it, let us know. Give it a thumbs up. If you didn't like it, let like it, like it. Let us if know if you didn't like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you let us know if you have like, any yep. comment about like, our hey. facial expressions or
0: anything. Just keep it to, <laughs> yeah, we, keep it we to yourself. Just, <laughs> we, we know. Just we know. Just leave um, us alone. If you didn't want to see, if you don't want to see us on video, be like, hey, we don't want to see that again, and we'll be um, like, okay, like, well, hey. we'll just you can just hear our voices for now. <laughs> we'll be like, um, uh-huh. thanks a lot we really appreciate it Um, so anyways and I want to say a big shout out to my husband um, because we're using all his setup and all his equipment well not the camera and everything but uh, the camera and lights is mine but we're using like his setup and he helped us like do this and he's going to edit this video so hopefully it'll be awesome and um, because I'm not good at editing videos I do photos not videos (laughs) Um, so yeah and we will see you guys next time Bye.